0: petty radio on your stereo. Don't compare us to anything. This is a different
1: scenario.
0: We break records while we pushing the culture forward. Great music and big vibes right in that order. Intellectually petty radio on the stereo. Don't compare us to anything. This a different scenario. We break records while we pushing the culture forward. Great music and big vibes right in that order.
1: And you are not tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Come on, man, y'all know I only do legends, and today is no exception. We got a special show, and we got North Vallejo's finest. We got we got the Bay Area bully. We got the fucking goat in the building, La Russell. What is going on, bro?
0: How's life? Hello. How's your family? I'm here, lovely, lovely, and lovely. <laughs> Yo,
1: that's what's up, man. Yo, man, how does it feel to be fucking LaRussell today?
0: <laughs> uh, tiring. <laughs> how was the show last night? Incredible. Incredible, man. We it was it was a fight. It was incredible though.
1: That's so fucking dope, bro. Like, you the closest thing to Park I've seen in a while. Sheesh. Come on, man. I hear no lies. And I'm gonna be. I'm. A, I'm gonna be really honest with you, man. <laughs> the vulnerability, the humility, a, as well as the arrogance.
0: Come on, the oh.
1: pot. Niggas don't know. they they not giving. I think. Actually, I take that back. I think that people are finally kind of coming around and realizing your greatness. You seen right. this a long time ago. When you, matter of fact, let's take it back to when you got your car repossessed. Come oh. um, on. You look outside, and did
0: you see them taking your shit? No, no. They got me in the middle of the night. A thief in the night. <laughs> A thief in the night. Nigga, I woke up, tried to go click the button. Ain't nothing clear. You know, when you click the shit to unlock the yeah. shit, you don't hear yeah. nothing.
1: <laughs> okay, so what's your first thoughts?
0: I thought somebody stole it. But then again, I was like, hell no, nah, because the engine too loud. I would have heard it in the middle of the night. And then I, I just I just start going through a list of things that could possibly happen. And I said, oh, damn, them niggas got me. And so how long before you
1: decided, you know what? Fuck this car.
0: I got bigger things. Uh, damn near same day. <laughs> really? The same day. Yeah. Who you talk to? My pops. My pops that came in the room. I told them, and. uh. It came in the room, and was like, man, what you want to do? I'll go half with you to get it, go get it, and you can go do it. And I was just like, man, I'm not going to get that fucking car, fuck that shit. Put my paper up to get some uh pressing equipment, in, and that was it. Yo, and how did he feel about the decision? Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I'd have to go back and ask him what he thought when I made that choice. He didn't really say much. He was just like, you know, do your thing. I got, because I
1: got adult kids. I'm a, I'm an old nigga, as you can tell. I got adult kids. And there are those times I'm realizing now where I just can't say shit. Some things you got to see them fucking up and let them keep it going. And it may not, like some places I thought they was fucking up wasn't a fuck up.
0: It was right? me assuming and I-
1: they should do a certain
0: thing. Right, and that's what my pops has learned throughout this journey. You know everything that uh that he thought what may happen ain't ain't what was gonna happen. sometimes you're not in their mind or in their shoes for you to uh determine where they need to step and how they need to move, yeah,
1: I can know you can know your kid, but you don't know your kids'
0: hustle, man, right, man, you man. don't even know your kids
1: <laughs> you you think you know your
0: kids right, just like and- they think they know you.
1: Yeah, man. When you find out your parents is just people, too, that's some humble right. shit, too. Oh, man. Good. Very, 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 <laughs> very, very humble. <laughs> you got a dope relationship with your moms, too, man. She seems so dope, too, by the
0: way. Yeah, that's my dog, man. She's a real nigga, the realest one in the world. It reminds me of, uh,
1: and not not that you remind me of yay, but the relationship between him and his moms. Right. Like I don't know if you saw that documentary.
0: Of course, of course, man. Yeah, definitely gave me uh similar sentiments. Yeah, like uh uh oh, a matter of fact, let me I, I'm one of them ADHD type of
1: motherfuckers, I'm all over the place. Um my favorite clip is uh your homegirl, I forget her name, something T. T. When when she was doing blockchain. <laughs> oh, and but that right there is why we love you so much. Come because on. your people love the fuck out of you, bro, and it's palpable, right? Like I couldn't imagine her writing the shit herself and performing it any different than she did with your shit. Like, have y'all <laughs> always your your circle always been like that, or did this just happen over time?
0: No, nah, definitely. I've always been around niggas who loved and believed in me heavily. I never had to convince a nigga to believe in me or support me. You know, I've, I've definitely cultivated an environment where it's like, nah, we all in. We know what this is.
1: Who tells you no? That's fucked up. Don't do that.
0: Um, In in what regard? In like life or like in like business? In business. Nobody. <laughs> I don't take <say> no. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: got to be wrong sometime though, bro.
0: I mean, if I'm wrong, I'm going to find out from doing it. Not because a nigga told me no. Huh. okay. Yeah. If I'm wrong, it's going to be because of experience. I'm going to go get burned and then I'm going to find out I'm wrong. I'm not going to be wrong because somebody else told me no. They don't know.
1: <laughs> you, don't, you don't strike me as a I got regrets type of nigga.
0: Uh yeah, not really, man. I know I I am where I am because of everything, everywhere I was, you know. I'm here now because I was where I was. I feel you.
1: But if you could go back and cherry pick a little bit, is there anything you'd be like, yeah, I think
0: I changed that? No. (laughs) Really? No. No, man. You know, we've had uh deep conversations about uh just saying thank you, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you could go back and pick everything apart and be like, Man, I wish I would have did this and fuck you for that, and I hate the fact you did that. But it's like, man, thank you. I'm here now. I feel you on
1: that. How many projects do you have?
0: Uh, released or or all together? Just all together. Sheesh. I probably I think I have like twenty three of my own albums released. I've written about five or six projects for other people. Um, I have about. 10 to 15 albums tucked away and you know probably between now and the end of next year i'll probably have another 10 or so i'll probably end with a with a 60 piece if i don't do like an 81 kobe high score you know we'll probably end around 50 <laughs> or 60 it just depends you know but right now i've got about 23 of my own and, and like five or six that i've written for other people so damn near 30 jesus
1: fucking christ like and I um I I think it was the Breakfast Club where they were asking you is that like a, a hindrance having so much music? Right, that's and crazy. He, <laughs> and you know what? Um, for, because from our era, you feel like you got to have a year. You know, you get one year. Like when DMX put out two albums
0: in one year. Niggas right, lost their they was like, nigga, that's house. amazing. But you know, yeah. you know what? I was talking to Stretch the other day, and you got to remember that them niggas didn't have a lot of music because of supply chain. They had to wait six months for a truck to go ship your CD to stores and for it to get in Target and Best Buy. And yeah. they and that shit cost a lot of money. So yeah. two was impressive because it cost six figures just to get it to do that. But we're not in that era no more. I'm not impressed.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, the problem is, though, it's a lot of niggas putting out a lot of music, but your shit, like, I've yet to listen to something and be like, that's trash from you.
0: Love it. <laughs> I, I love can't it. Beautiful.
1: say. I, I, hey, I'm gonna be honest. I can't say that about too many people. That's beautiful. period. <laughs> Let alone in your generation. Like your generation, right. it's like <laughs> niggas wake up and they like, yeah, I'm a rap today, and it's not good, bro. You said right. the same thing. I heard the last 84 songs you made.
0: Yeah, man. And- I really try. Uh, I try not to release anything that I didn't enjoy myself or uh, you know, feel like it's is you know. Of a, of, of a high capability of my own work. I make a lot of music that people don't hear. So, you know, out of all those songs that you're like, ah, oh, none of this is trash, I, I did make, you know, some trash beside it that just didn't get released.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't see you like, man, this was trash. Let me just toss this.
0: Yeah, it happens. It ha- I mean, it, it's not a... This was trash, but it's like I could have done a lot better. Okay. It, it doesn't need to be in the world, you know. It doesn't. It doesn't have a place where it needs to be out.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I see, I see you rocking the velour jogging suits now. i getting a come on, money, man. The velour on the way. right? I'm like, oh, we got velours now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, where where can I buy the Crocs, man? When you coming out with your Crocs?
0: Man, we waiting on the collab, man. We just pushing the line and doing what we love until it's that time to do it together. You know, we've thought about making our own, but I really love the company and I love what they uh, created. You know, it's one of my favorites. So we're going to wait till the time is ripe and Crocs and Velour suits all 2023. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to see Velour suits no more. You, shine, shine, oh, they come, hey, you know, you know how Nelly did Air Force Ones? Watch <laughs> next year. Watch next year, man. <laughs>
1: how's the merch going i know you're killing niggas with that shit
0: yeah incredible man merch is booming we do uh we do incredible on merch man the support is crazy and because it has the proud to pay model it's just uh it's so accessible that we just sell a lot more
1: do you think that your model uh, of business is gonna catch on or is it just specifically tailor-made to you
0: I think it's already caught on. I know a lot of artists beside me that are now going direct to consumer. Um, I've seen a lot of brands and uh, some people who do like marketing, and social media strategy that are now doing proud to pay campaigns. So I think it's already caught on uh, just within the network that watches me. And, um, man, I actually seen uh, Tony Robinson, the ex-NFL player that does real estate. He did his whole real estate course, uh, proud to pay. You can pay what you want. So definitely it's catching on. Uh we're releasing our offer base uh technology next year for anyone mm-hmm. to do offer based shows. Uh, so yeah, yeah, man, it's already here.
1: Yo, that's fucking dope. And how how long did it take for y'all to build the uh the I don't know, the the stage and everything? I forgot what the fancy ass name the was. The Pergola. The Pergola. Yeah. So the, the initial
0: the initial build was uh about six days, but we've added to it after each show. But yeah, the initial just the base where we could do the first show took about six days.
1: I've never been to the Bay Area, but from my, I'm from Detroit. My understanding- Oh, like you going to come Bay, now. <laughs> I would love to. Um, but <laughs> I, I heard that the Bay and Detroit are real similar. How is it that you got a whole ass stadium in your backyard and niggas not fucking with you?
0: I mean, niggas are fucking with me. My my shit be sold out.
1: <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no. I don't mean fucking with you in
1: that in that way. I mean, like on a Tuesday at 8 p.m. when you're not doing shit, somebody's coming by the crib.
0: Oh, uh, man, respect. You know, when you cultivate a certain experience, people just respect it and they understand what you build and nobody wants to uh, be the nigga that ruins that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I would not. Have you ever heard of the Grateful Dead? i've heard of it (laughs) oh my god it's i think i want to say it was the 60s it's a band that never really popped per se but they had a following where they were able they performed and that's all they did for decades and sold out for decades you get that type of love from people like what is it about you where people not only like your music, but they buy into you as an individual.
0: Um, It's authentic. I feel like people just feel like they can relate because I'm a regular nigga with Crocs on. Like, I'm not a nigga who has all these chains and jewelry and a bunch of coastlines and hang out with a bunch of rappers. I don't have a ton of rapper friends and shit. I'm a nigga in his backyard rapping with shorts and Crocs on. And my shorts probably got a hole in it. You know, like it's I'm I'm a regular nigga that really did it, and everybody witnessed me do it. it. It there was no magic. I'm no industry plant. There was no hacks, no tricks. Everybody witnessed me from posting once a day to oh shit, this nigga post six seven times a day to me starting a series to me building the merch side. I've showed every piece. It's very real. It's uh, everyone who's seen me build knows that it's possible if you just do the work because that's all I've done.
1: So who in the Bay Area, uh, hip hop wise, who was the first to like, be like, okay, you know what, this guy's on to
0: something.
1: Um, the first.
0: (laughs) Shit. I don't really know who, um, embraced me for it all. It all kind of came At a similar time, really, a lot of my embrace came outside of the bay first. Wallow was one of the first niggas to embrace me, and that really sparked a spark in the bay. I didn't get an offer from anyone in the bay until Wallow, and I really wasn't even getting a lot of like attention and rapport from anyone in the bay until then, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure who was the first. Maybe, uh, Pilo was really early. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. So do you, like, Wallow, do you, you guys
1: got a relationship? You cool with Yeah, guys? that's
0: my dog, man. Wallow has equity in, in 2021 freestyle. He helped break that shit, and I gave him a piece of that pie, man. That's in the perpetuity. He going to eat for the rest of his life. Really? Come on. Why would I lie to you?
1: <laughs> I see, I, and I seen you try to do the same shit for uh 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 Charlemagne, and he was like, I no
0: didn't, I, I didn't try. I did do the same thing. He hasn't accepted it yet, but the thing about it is, it just goes in the escrow. So when he leaves radio and he finally clicks accept, he's gonna get a big ass lump sum of money because he contributed. Same with Sway, Heather B, everyone up there—they got the same thing set up. So whether they accept it now or not, because they positioned, it's all good. It's gonna be held there in escrow. The money ain't going nowhere. Why, bro? Why not? Oh, that's a fuck. That's fucked up, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like <come on. laughs> If you can tell me why not, I'll tell you why. Uh, it's just there's unselfish. not a good reason not to, right? It really
1: isn't. It just it just seems so so unhip hop, so un. <laughs> It just ain't selfish enough for us.
0: Nah, this is the most hip-hop, though. Hip-hop was uh, based on community, right? What happened?
1: Okay, so let me ask you this. And I ask every, every MC I, I interview. What was the moment where you fell in love with hip-hop?
0: Uh, man, I don't remember exactly because I was, like, raised on hip-hop. Like, since I was in a car seat, I remember hearing rap you know i remember hearing keep your head up and and um i ain't mad at you and too short and all this shit so there wasn't really an exact moment for me like it's just my life i've never had a life without hip-hop
1: yo that you know what i sometimes i have to remind myself that the next generation don't remember they don't know that you know like i remember when hip-hop started which is crazy what were you listening to before then uh like I hip hop started it really caught on in Detroit pretty early you know when I was young like pretty much when I was hitting my puberty that's when hip hop but before then it was you know whatever my mama was listening to whatever my auntie right, was listening right. to 70 shit 60 shit and you know pretty much especially come, Detroit, Detroit is Motown
0: right food, true you true, know, true so true. temptations and, and shit yeah but for me
1: like like my mother bought me a Fat Boys album
0: And that was that was classic.
1: Yo, my mom was real. Like she was. I I used to like to rap. I used, you know, I I called myself a rapper. Is that was that you rapping on the intro? Actually, that's my guy, man. I put out, I put out the word. I was like, I need an intro, and this nigga at five o'clock in the morning sent me an intro.
0: For free. Shout
1: out, come on, man. Shout out to Cesario. Yeah. Yo, and that nigga was like, please make sure that nigga hear the shit, like. I'm like, I'm going to play it, bro. I can't guarantee it. But.
0: That's hella funny. <laughs> yeah, but my,
1: my first intro, you know, my mother was pretty progressive. She was on the hip hop, like, early on. Bought mm-hmm. me the Fat Boys, and I remember going to see Crush Groove. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, I walked, like, a mile and a half in some shell toes to go see Crush Groove. Wow. And, that shit was a motherfucking concert at the theater, nigga. Like, it just, you give that same energy. Come on. <laughs> like, like, like what, are, what are people talking to you? Because you stay after the show and you talk to people. Yeah. Like, what are they saying? Like, well, how, how do they, uh, you know, what, what are they emoting after the show?
0: All, all of those same things, you know. Like we get the people are always like, "This is the greatest show I've ever been to." Sometimes it's funny. We'll get people who it's their first time ever been to like a a show or a hip hop mm-hmm. concert, and I have to tell them like, "Okay, don't expect this at every show you go to because you're gonna be disappointed <laughs> when you go to exactly. another hip hop show, right?" Because yeah. we set the bar really high. But no, all of those same things, like people um we don't get to witness hip-hop in this fashion no more and i'm aware of that and that's why we put our all into these shows because we know we're um we're setting a tone you know we're we're the people that there's other artists who come to shows and they're like oh shit <laughs> you know it makes them realize they need to step their game up and, and change this shit. so uh we setting a tone and after man it just be filled with so much emotion and so much love and i'm a person i'm also i go greet people before the show and after. So you see me, you know, if you come to a show, you probably, if you're there early enough, Mm -hmm. you're going to see me and hug me and shake my hand. And if you're there after for a bit of time, you might do the same. You know, I've had shows where I've greeted every single person who came in and this is by hundreds.
1: Jeez. Okay, so what's the best show you went to
0: yourself? Um, Probably Kanye's uh, Life of Pablo tour when he had the floating stage. Really? Yeah, you know, that shit was incredible.
1: Have you seen Scarface?
0: Live? Yeah. No, never.
1: Last I don't know, it was a couple months ago. My guy calls me up like we got tickets. Come on. Now I live in Cleveland now. I drive to Detroit. Get there. It's fucking all access. This nigga show though, bruh. And I've seen a lot of shows over the years. This nigga's show, and the fact that he's damn, damn near my age, his show was fucking phenomenal, bro. Yeah, he's still getting down, nigga. Like between, like he tells the stories of the songs, tells the, the shit, the, the the pacing of the show.
0: Yeah. You know what's crazy? That's kind of how our shit is. Like sometimes we'll laugh because after I'll perform for like like last night, I think I went for two and a half hours. uh. But sometimes I'll perform for the I'll perform until I'm done. Right. But sometimes we'll only end up doing like 10 to 12 songs because I pace. So I talk between and we play pianos and I do renditions and we just start implementing this part where we do live Q&A. So I'll pass the mic and let the crowd ask questions about certain songs or just life gems, marketing, whatever they want to know. So sometimes we'll be up there an hour and a half, two, three hours. And I only did, you know, 15 songs, but it was the greatest 15 songs of your life. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. Yeah, shit been wild.
1: Yeah, your generation's got to hate you, nigga. Man, they got to love me. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, no, I don't mean the consumer. I, I mean your know, competition. Because right? they, can't just, they can't just go up there with 600 niggas and stand in one spot and say the See, words.
0: What's crazy is, the, is like they can and they'll always have a, pl- have a place because some days you don't want Benihana's or Boston Nova. Some days you just want McDonald's. You know, So they'll always have a place. Niggas are always gonna eat McDonald's no matter how good a food is out there. You're gonna <laughs> still go to McDonald's, right? But some days you do want a home cooked meal, and that's when you come to the Russell show. Who are you listening to? Uh me, uh Steve Jobs, uh Tim Cook, <laughs> Sad Guru. I'll
1: be listening
0: to like music wise. I know, but um that's what I'm saying. I don't really be listening to uh i like when new shit drop, I'll peep it. And um mm-hmm. if I love it, I'll I'll sit with it for a little bit. But uh I don't really love too much. I love Tim's. I've been listening to her shit for a minute, just mm-hmm. kind of on repeat. But yeah, I don't really um Brent Fire's album. I loved his shit. It was really great. But other than that, I just I'll be listening to like speeches and shit.
1: Yo, totally unrelated, but nigga, Roland Check that nigga out. Yeah, what's on
0: fire
1: huh yes yes was absolutely fire um is there anybody out there where you
0: like yeah i really want to do some shit with them um not really i mean everybody that i kind of have that feeling about i i end up doing something with in some capacity mm-hmm. um you mean like someone who's on yeah
1: oh i mean you know what it could be somebody i've never heard of you know, like like just somebody that that you think is just dope. Um,
0: there's not many. I mean, I think a lot of niggas is dope, but it's not. It doesn't really be to a point where it's like I want to work with. I just enjoy what they do, right. right? I'm not a very big collaborative artist. Like you gotta really uh wow me for me to be like man i have to do something with you i just respect niggas doing what they do in their space you know i don't really want to play with them i just kind of like to watch them play in their own zone you know um i'm very meticulous about my art and just kind of collaborating so i don't really yeah i don't really be i don't aspire to work with anybody much i really love atl jacob shit lately like i hear a lot of his beats and i'm like I i like the sound but yeah i don't really have um it's not really anyone that I'm like, man, I gotta work with them.
1: So, beat wise, like, do people just send you shit? Like, how do you, what's the process of you picking the tracks you use?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I have a, a group of producers that I work with really closely in house. Like, Taupe is one. Me and Tope, since we've met last year, we've done five albums together. Um, Hokage Simon is one of my favorites. Don Bailey, Armani, uh, DePaul. So I have like a, an in-house group that I kind of frequent. And then outside Skies, I love Skies. Outside of Death have outside of them, just kind of as I grow, I'll meet new people in different places. And if I love their sound, we end up working and creating something together. And it just kind of builds from there. Sometimes I'm on YouTube and I find a really dope producer and I tap in and I'm like, let's do a project. Together. So uh it just really depends. But yeah, people send me beats and um uh, sometimes I just meet people on the fly as I'm out.
1: Do they believe it's you if you you know you you, just, you listen to somebody on YouTube and you try to tap
0: in? Like, I wouldn't believe it was you. Man, they gotta believe it because most of them um uh, I was using their shit before I blew up. So they already <laughs> got a split. They already got a split from me through Denstro Kids. So they've been getting paid as I've been blowing up anyway. So they just they they just didn't realize until it's like oh shit this is real
1: how, how exactly does that work though so you can just basically say okay i like this beat i'm going to use it not even notify this
0: nigga but you
1: still get your bri-. like how do how do they end yep. up getting their break because
0: because everyone now leases their beats so okay. once you get a lease you could do whatever you want with it they got a thousand niggas using their beats they can't keep up with everybody but with me it's like when i release a song i make sure the producer get their publishing and i make sure they get a split of the master
1: and okay, so who owns the master? Like you go in, you record some shit. I read somewhere, seen or whatever, that whoever pays for the studio session owns the master. That can't
0: be true. So yeah, in the in the label world, the studio owner, wherever the track is made, is where the master is technically owned. But I also don't think that's true. Yeah, whoever whoever is paying for the track to be produced mm-hmm. should be the master owner. Um, and in in my terms, I'm an independent artist. I'm the one who funds all of my tracks being produced and bring it all together. So I own the masters. But yeah, in the label world, whoever is putting up the paper for you to make the project usually owns the master, unless y'all have a different agreement. Hmm. So,
1: do you envision not being independent at some point?
0: Um. Not really. And um, at first I, I did, I thought like I could, but not really now because my terms are so different. There's mm-hmm. things just that I just won't do. And a lot of labels would never agree with it because they don't, they don't know how to be real humans and they don't understand like real life. They like, no, that's just not how we do business. It's so far from it. So now I don't think I'll ever be able to get signed to a major because my terms are just too wow. But it's possible. Who knew? Cash Money got the type of deal that was like, ain't nobody ever gonna get no shit like this, right? So I just as I build and grow, I might be able to, I might not, but uh I'm not really pressed. I'm okay with being independent for the rest of my life. It
1: would for from the label perspective. Uh, Just signing one artist to that same type of deal would set a precedent. I don't think they're ready for yet.
0: Right, you'd have to do right by everybody if you do right. But then, not really, because they've done right by certain. Some niggas have incredible deals, and then the rest of the label doesn't. So, not really. It wouldn't.
1: You know who had uh, an incredible deal from, especially from way back in the day? Souls a Mischief. Interesting. They from Oakland, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah
1: and I, I interviewed one of them a while back and apparently uh uh damn damn what's was what one of the one of the guys that uh it wasn't him in the group and I can't from, remember his name or, it's slipping right now but anyway his stepfather was a huge entertainment attorney so when they went to go do their deal like he he already knew all the tricks all the trade everything and they were the only group
0: on Jive who owned their shit I feel like you've always, throughout the history, you've always been able to get a good deal. You mm-hmm. just have to negotiate and fight for one. They're never going to offer you a good deal, and that's why I don't fuck with these people because they play with you first. They're yeah. capable. They are fully capable yeah. of giving you a great deal that everyone's happy with. They are yeah. more than capable. Yeah. They yeah. Just, you can go you back use. to you can go back to Nat King Cole. Like
1: it's it's niggas that been known, you know, James Brown. It's niggas along the way that and they tried to tell other niggas and other niggas just wanted to quit, you know. It's like, bruh, I'm I'm broke. I need a bag. Which I get. Right. It's hard to, to, to tell somebody who has nothing,
0: wait. But that's the thing. Um, and that's perception. If you're in a position where someone's offering you in a bag, then you don't have nothing. You clearly have something. Because ain't yeah. nobody paying you for nothing. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that potential ain't
1: paying your light bill. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. you yeah. can't call their ass up like I'm talented as fuck. They want to pay me. You're like, I don't really care, bro <laughs> We need our scratch. Um, marketing wise, what have you done differently? Why does yours stick? Is it just is it just the talent or is it the process for marketing for you?
0: Um, I think it sticks because my marketing is authentic. I don't, I don't do anything outside of myself. Like most of the time when I'm marketing, you can't even tell, you just see it as content and that's why it works. I'm not selling you anything that you don't already want. My marketing is me performing live on Instagram and you going, oh shit, this was dope. I want to go to a show. That was me marketing. Right. So that's yeah. why it works, because it's just organic. There's no tricks to it. Tietris, yeah. my battery is, is, is going down. <laughs> I don't know what it is. OK, you're shout good. Out, shout out to Tietris. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, when you coming to the Midwest to perform?
0: Uh, next year. I'm actually lining up the 2023 routes now. So I'll be there. Oh, okay. it's a, it takes a It takes a lot to tour independently. Right. You got to put your own bread up and the venues that I can't use regular venues sometimes because I do proud to pay offer base shows. And if you don't use their ticketing platforms, they don't fuck with you. So I have to figure out, you know, a lot of alternatives just to tour.
1: OK. um, I know a couple people that do a couple things over this way. If you need anything, please just let me know. I got you.
0: Yeah, we we've been getting it. We've been getting it figured out. So it's been it's been beautiful. Uh, and I, I just I love the process, man. Honestly, I love I love going against the grain. And it's like, oh, we can't use their venues because we have to use their infrastructure, or they not fucking. Because it just it adds to the story. It's like, bro, these are the niggas y'all dealing with. Even though I'm I'm the most prominent upcoming artist, they still won't fuck with you. If you don't use their shit. They don't even want to see niggas win. They'll tell you they love you, but they don't really want to see you win unless you plan on a team. Right. And I'm the type of nigga where I don't care what team you own. If you great, I want to just see you win. But we showing how how all this shit is. It's so many politics. It's it, so many politics. Oh, my God. man!
1: <laughs> I've been doing this podcast and shit for some years now,
0: bro. And I understand.
1: Like, it's a lot <laughs> of fuck shit goes on. Behind the scenes. Some of the most lovable, enjoyable people to the world are right. fucking assholes behind the scene. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing it, bro. Right. <laughs> Yo, so I read or I don't know if I read or heard, whatever the case, when you were working for the some some the aerospace industry or whatever, and there was a lady there that you chopped it up with who introduced you to a book. I can't remember what was the name of the book?
0: It was called Freedom Simplified i couldn't remember that shit yeah it was called freedom simplify man shout out rita it's dope because she was actually from singapore like she had very poor english but we just clicked because she was a real nigga like that's the one thing that's prominent in and out of people you know people who are just good humans it don't matter where you're from like you just naturally connect and she really changed my life you still fuck with rita i haven't spoken to her since i left um and forever, I don't even have the number anymore. I'm sure we both have different numbers from then. But, man, I would, whenever, I'm, I'm sure she's going to pop back up through life and it's going to be a dope-ass reunion. But, yeah, I haven't spoken to her forever.
1: Yo, and since I got La Russell on, I, gotta give, I got I to give you my story of somebody similar. This motherfucker named Tom Smith. When I was in college up in Michigan State, I'm driving my ex's car back to the crib. Get a flat tire. Now, there is a place called Howell, Michigan, which is like the Ku Klux Klan capital of Michigan. Uh. I get a flat tire in Howell, Michigan, uh, probably about five o'clock. So I got maybe two hours before it gets dark. I don't have no money Please. and I don't have no spare fucking tire. And ain't to- no light on that side. You better exactly. run. Exactly. Walk to this lady's house. I walk. I, 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 I'm walking through Howell. I'm thinking I'm going to get lynched. Walks to this just random, knocked on the door. Hey, I need a little help. She looks, she sees a nigga. City Hall's up the street, slams the door. I go to City Hall. I meet a motherfucker named Tom Smith. Tom Smith hears me calling my old lady. And she's like, my uncle won't be there for a couple of hours. That nigga was like, don't worry about it. I'm going to take you to buy a tire. This nigga took me to Wendy's. Fed me, bought me a tire, helped me put this motherfucker on, and did not ask for anything. He just told me to do the same shit for somebody in the future.
0: Angels on earth, man. Angels on earth. Shout out to that nigga Tom
1: Smith. I've been telling my you
0: story my fucking battery is going backwards. So if it cuts off, that that is it's because the battery died. But we're gonna rock it until. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, the question you hate to hear. The question I hate to hear. Yeah, you get
1: you've done a million interviews, uh, you get asked yeah. a lot
0: of shit. Who are you? I feel like that's a question that no one on earth knows the answer to, but everyone feels like I know the fucking answer to it and wants to ask me. And it's just the the I, mean, I don't know. I hate that fucking question. People, who is the Russell? It's like, bro, I don't fucking know. <laughs>
1: I mean, you give off this kind of Svengali vibe and shit. Like you, like you, you just in a you floating around smoking the blunt. You don't even use a vehicle. You know, doors just right. open for you. That is hella funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm just saying, but like, you strike people as you got this shit together.
0: Um, I'm getting this shit together.
1: Yeah, I'll be 51 next year, and I don't know me yet.
0: Right. I don't think anyone does. That's why it's a question that's always like, what do people expect when they ask that question? Like, what are you what are you trying to find out? I'm
1: trying to get some shit that that, that they can make a clip. <laughs> I want you to say some dynamic LaRussell shit.
0: Right. Put out right. There
1: and be like, yeah, LaRussell said, this." you know,
0: you ever seen that infamous Jay-Z clip where uh, Nardwar asks him who, who is he? And he's like, "Who am I?" And he gives like this little spiel, and he still don't tell the nigga who he is because no one knows the answer to that question. <laughs> I didn't see that, one, but I... <laughs> that sounds about right. Is there right? Anything... Like when someone says, "Who are you?" You can only name uh, descriptive traits that aren't you, right? You could say, "Oh, I'm a rapper," but that's not you. That's just a thing that you do. You know what you do isn't who you are. Because I grew up here. Well, that's just a location you grew up. That's not who you are. Like it it is very, uh very difficult to tell someone who you are, right?
1: Although I will say that as men, we tend to define who we are by what we do.
0: By our roles and what we do. And that's the problem because when we start doing bad shit, we start to think that we're horrible people and then we can't live or survive in this world and it takes us out and it kills us because we think we are who we are what we do. Right, and you associate your action with who you are and, and your character, and I could fuck you up mentally, and then you depress. It's not the same. What you do is not who you are.
1: Mentally, are you in a good space now?
0: Um, I'm not. I'm in neither a good or bad space.
1: All right, because I'm like I'm an anxious person. Like I've I just knew in my mind you was gonna flake on me. It's gonna cancel the the, the interview. I uh, got shitted on. I'll never hear from the Russell again. That's my. I always talk myself. I'm telling you, I talk myself out of shit all the time, <laughs> and I have to. Hey, I that have that to, first reschedule had you like I knew it. <laughs> actually, actually, that that reschedule actually kind of like made me feel better. Interesting, <laughs> because well, not, okay, like, he's coming exactly. <laughs> like okay, if you know a motherfucker is just gonna flake on you, is not gonna reschedule, right? They just won't. And it wouldn't be like it didn't happen, but every time you know, it's like, I've always been this way. It kind of helps me though, hmm. because I don't think about the interview per se. Once the and once I start talking, all that shit goes away. You right. show up, and it's like the anxiety is relieved when you show up. Right, it's like
0: pregame jitters.
1: Oh my god, do you do you get nervous before shows?
0: Uh, I don't get nervous. Uh, I just get like impatient. Like I be ready to play. So I don't like the whole period before, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just like you're waiting to go on stage. Like it's funny because uh we start shows early. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh, we're going on stage at three, and I'll be on that motherfucker at 245 because I just I'm tired of waiting. Like I'm ready to go. So like nigga, you come to our show. It's very advised to be there on time because you never. It will not start at the time indicated. Really? Yeah, Man. we we start early. We we are in there once I see a good amount of people. I'm ready to go. Wow, yo, but like it's a fucking breath of fresh air. Like, was there somebody you
1: pattern <laughs> your shit after?
0: Uh, nah, I mean, my pops just has always been like, you know, that way prompt and making sure you where he need to be and, and about business and, and, and being on time and being prepared. Like he's always been that type of person. So I feel like it's just like, that's just some shit that was coded in me. I feel
1: you on that one. You a father. What's the dopest shit about being a father?
0: Um, being a example, I guess, being able to like cultivate. And help uh water a plant and see what it becomes, just being able to pour into someone and see like the information that you gave lead to you know a different result like uh right now, me and my daughter we've been doing like a lot of math, mm-hmm. and uh she's in fourth grade, but she's learning like percentages and fractions and things that you don't usually learn to middle school right mm-hmm. and uh it's because we start working on it right like she's she's able to learn whatever you teach her, and it's dope, just seeing how advanced she is because of how much we're pouring into her early, even, even just as a human, she's just a really dope, great understanding, patient, caring human, right. As a kid, she's a better human than a lot of the adults I know.
1: It's tough when they stop listening.
0: (laughs) Only if you, only if you want them to listen to you all the time, if you have an expectation, then yeah, you're
1: going to want you. I'm, t- I'm t- bruh, I got three why, adult why, kids.
0: Why, why do you need your kids to listen to you all the time? If you teach them the right things, then what is there to listen to? They're, they should be doing, you know? Like, what, what is a moment that you go into your kid and you're like, you're not listening to me? Oh, God. Okay. I I won't say <laughs> that. have to be like off air type of shit. But there, it's not like all the time,
1: but there are moments where you like, look, this part, I know exactly. What's going to happen next? For you or anybody else, because I've seen it not just with me, but I've seen it with a bunch of people. You should listen right here.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, man, those, those moments are so blurred, though. You know, I've had moments throughout my journey. Ah, shit. My shit on 1%. I've had moments throughout my journey where my <laughs> pops was like, bro, don't do that. That is, I'm telling you, you're going to lose, and I end up winning.
1: Oh, shout out to your pops. Yo, Um, are you you on 1%. Is there anything you want to tell the people? If they want to get in contact with you, how they go about doing that? And thank you so much for
0: dropping Man, the, the good company email, I'm at Russell on everything. He who is willing is who will with everything. It don't matter. The nigga who wants to do it is the nigga who going to do it in life. And no matter what it is, if you want to hoop, you want to rap, you want to sing, you want to do anything in, in life, he who is willing is will. It's simple as that. There is no magic to it. There's no marketing. There's no amount of ads you can run to replace your will. If you don't want to do it and you ain't got that desire, ain't shit gonna get done.
1: Yeah, see, I should and I should have asked you who Russell
0: is. <laughs> Russell is the nigga who didn't charge his phone.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> look at that that was crazy <laughs> wow yo shout out to LaRussell man shout out to the whole good company team uh, yo this has been fire man um, definitely appreciate the brother's time energy and absolute wisdom and let me get this off the screen man because that just looks horrible man uh, <laughs> uh, yo since I got a little time hold on let me get this commercial out the way Stop trusting your cousin with your footage. If you need greatness, contact Greatness at photosbyvin at gmail.com. Or you can get a brother a call at 1-862-500-1532. Yo. Nah, I'm not the go, man. Shout out to you, though. Shout out to my cousin, man. <laughs> um, yo, uh, don't forget... Oh, and if you have not got a chance to check it out, man, check out the new podcast I got with my family. Oh, I thought I had to burp, but it. uh, Oh, that feels so great. Of my family, lol, Brielle, KG uh K Chill and the chairman and myself, man. Everything and nothing, the podcast, it is on the Intellectually Petty Radio YouTube channel. We just did our first episode, just dropped that uh Friday. So make sure you go check that out, man. Um very, very, very dope, man. Definitely appreciate that. This was a really dope conversation. Um uh, sucks. Uh he was you know had to leave a little bit short because his phone uh was not charged. But, man, how often do you get a chance to interview greatness? Okay, well, um, with me, I've done that pretty often, but <laughs> most people aren't that fucking lucky. Shout out to you, man. Have a dope-ass day. And and if you had a shitty day, hopefully we made it just a little bit better. And if you had a good day, hopefully we turned your shit up and made it great. On that note, I am Jobs. This has been another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Um, and again, thank you to Russell for dropping by. Peace.